Alright. Hey everyone. That's right. I mean, I'm showing my face after the Atlas Shrugged episode. Uh, welcome to An Aesthetic Theory of Alejandro Collini. My name is Alejandro Collini, and this is my podcast where I develop an aesthetic theory of everything. Wow. Very clean. <laughs> Today we're talking about... Oh man, I'm excited. Um, we're talking about the Underworld movies, which I didn't... I only barely knew existed until this week. I was always kind of like, oh, that'll be something I'll love. And it was. Um, let's see, is there anything we need to do? Any sort of housekeeping... I don't know, maybe I'll fade out the music now. You know, I'm my own producer here on An Aesthetic Theory of Alejandro Collini, and if I may say, I deserve a raise. Um, so, <laughs> today, I'm in a, I'm excited, I'm in a good mood, uh, only for this. <laughs> I feel joy about this topic, and this topic alone, the topic of the Underworld movies. What I'm going to do today, uh, so, 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 alright, let's focus up. How is everyone? Are you all fine? That's all right. Good to know. Um, I I watched all the Underworld movies in three days. There's five of them, which means that on two of those days, I watched two Underworld movies. And that's okay. Uh, that's like a good... It's a kind of an old-fashioned Kalini uh, movie binge. I haven't done that in a long time. Um, I, I just put them in my fucking face. And... That's the way I want to watch movies like the Underworld movies because um, when you watch, like, I like to watch them all as though they're one large Netflix show because then the differences in quality and the aging of the characters, it's just a little less. I don't know. It's you, you're able to sort of push it down a little more, but it's fine. Um, also, the characters don't really age in this one. The only really recurring character is Kate Beckinsale, who obviously is just um, a, va- a vampire queen through and through. Um, so, the thing with the Underworld movies, this, this is, I just, there's a million different ways to get into this, and I don't have any notes because I, 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 because I thought this would be a, I wanted to do a big crazy episode where I'm excited about a topic and, uh, and we just, we just chatter about it for a while. <laughs> we just chatter on. And so, you know, every, the last couple of weeks I was like, oh, I gotta focus up, I gotta focus up. And then I was like, no notes, let's just push record. I got a bottle of vanilla Coke to make me burp along the way. <laughs> Let's start. Underworld 1, 2003. When people talk about vampire culture, I think that Underworld is getting short shrift nowadays. You know, we talk about, I, I, I think, I mean, I can't say this for certain, but like, I would say that people like often market as like beginning with the Twilight movies, or ah, maybe that's wrong. Because like vampire culture is a thing that grows over like 20 years, Buffy and Angel, and then like, I mean, the influence of Buffy the Vampire Slayer on network television and on like fantasy properties cannot be understated, overstated, overstated, it can't be overstated. Um, and then... Uh, where was? Because I remember in Underworld, people. I remember already in 2003, people being like, "Ah, yes, capitalizing on the vampire craze." No one ever starts the vampire craze. No, who gets credit for starting the vampire craze? What was? Uh, well, I don't know. There was like interview with the van. I mean, I think vampires have big been big for fucking ever. I don't think vampires have ever gone away. I don't even think they're particularly having like. Well, I guess there's been a lot of TV shows about vampires. I wonder when vampires are going to get boring. They've lasted for a hundred years more and unlike other things like mickey mouse has lasted for a hundred years but like let's be honest mickey mouse is not a very popular uh you know like mickey mouse is the most identifiable logo in the world but 
kids don't sit down and like, I don't know, maybe they watch House of Mouse or some shit. What don't don't come for me on this. But um yeah, vampires are really big. You know, Frankenstein's monster, not big. I Frankenstein, not a hit. See, they tried to do <laughs> Uh, but you can, but vampires are so sexy. You guys know this. They're so hot, and they 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 look dead, but their eyes glow. It's just very sexy. Yeah, everyone, every, anyone who knows me should not be surprised to know that I have an attraction to vampires. Um, obviously, uh, Kate Beckinsale in these movies is just like ridiculously uh, beautiful with the the blue ice eyes and the inexplicable cat suit. <laughs> So it's a it's a vampire gun movie, I should say. First of all, to begin with, is that yes, it's vampires fighting werewolves, the lichens, who are human beings and in the underworld world, they metamorphose into these big werewolf creatures and then they can change back into humans. It's cool. It's fine. I'm not big on werewolves, but when they're fighting vampires, sure. Um, like as the villains of this franchise, whatever. And w- what we'll soon see is that they're not actually the full villains of this franchise because the underworld franchise is unbelievably convoluted. And that is what our episode is going to be about today. Um, where was I with the, with the werewolves? They change into things. Oh yeah. Lichens. Look, okay. I'll just say it. People were really, uh, People were not really divided on Underworld. Obviously, it made a bunch of money. It was not particularly well-liked by critics. I think a lot of people said, it's effective. Oh, what I wanted to tell you is that the vampires and the werewolves, they fight each other. They have super strength and speed. (laughs) But also, they spray each other with bullets. (laughs) They fire... They just... I mean, you have not seen this level of bullet... Uh, spray. I mean, like, it is beyond John Wick. All of them have these guns that go, like, when you just you just hold down the thing and it goes, I, I mean, and none of them, I mean, this changes from movie to movie. In the first movie, certainly, they're a lot more vulnerable to bullets. Also, they invent bullets that have silver that explodes, and they invent bullets that have UV light in them. So you shoot the vampire with, like, light bullets. Ugh. But, um, when a lot of these people get shot with bullets, it doesn't really do much to them. They they have to... Well, what they do is they go... They make this noise like they're, you know... I'm sorry, taking a shit. And the bullets pop out of their skin. And there's this scene in the last one, Blood Wars, where two of, like, the most powerful vampires have just, like, sprayed each other with bullets as they walk up to each other. And then they both stand in front of each other and they go... And you just hear... Like, all these bullets fall out of them. Oh, God. The mechanics of these movies. It is unclear how vampires live and die. Because sometimes you can just stab a vampire in the throat. Like, vampires basically, they're like lobsters. (laughs) Like, they're genetically immortal. If nothing kills them, they'll never die. And they also have vague wolverine powers. But those are also... Okay, so... The thing about Underworld is people were like, so first of all, Underworld was sued when it came out for like various copyright, for for like copying various other vampire novels and vampire properties. I have not looked too much into this lawsuit. There may very well be some stuff to it. But on the Underworld Wikipedia page, which granted may be biased, they did note that one of the similarities listed in the lawsuit was that vampires drink blood. So... You know, lawyers are weird, and it might be one of those things where there's, like, a few significant similarities, and then it's like, vampires drink blood, and they can't go out at night, and, like, all this stuff that is just, like, well-established vampire lore. Who knows? 
I don't expect a vampire proper to be super, you know, like with all due respect to creators and the fact that they deserve to be compensated for their own projects and they don't deserve to be stolen from. I don't ex expect a, a vampire werewolf war movie to be particularly original. But one thing that everyone really respected, I guess, about these movies was their very fleshed out backstory. Um, in the first movie, there is so much going on behind the story and in the past. And it is arguable that everything that happens in the present, I mean, this is a, such a dumb thing to say. Everything that happens in the present is dictated by events in the past. <laughs> um, and so what I'm going to do this episode is I'm not going to summarize the movies. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not. I'm going to try not to talk anymore about how hot I think Kate Beckinsale is because I don't think that's a good, a great look for me. Um, what I am going to do is explain to you all of the vampire lore of Underworld. This is. Hang on. This is. Alejandro explains Underworld. <laughs> I was kind of hoping it would be a more climactic part of that song. All right. Uh, so at the beginning of Underworld, Kate Beckinsale is on a landing. It's raining. Oh, it's beautiful. It's I love oh, I love rain. I wish it would rain some more. Um, she's like looking out. She's in one of those gothic towers that it's like, does anyone live in this building? What it, was it just made for you to sit at the top? And so she's like looking out at her leather. Her leather coat is like swaying. Ugh. And she's like. <laughs> She's like, for 500 years, the vampires and the lichens have warred. I thought her British accent was a bad fake British accent. She is English. So do with that what you will. But so for, for I don't even think, I think it's more than 500 years. I think it might be 5,000 years. So let's just go all the way back to the beginning. And I, again, I'm going to be describing the entire world. I'm going to be taking all of the knowledge that I have accrued in the last three days and breaking it out of its film chronology and just dispensing it in order, creating an underworld timeline. So if anyone is taking notes, you can write underworld timeline at the top of your paper. <laughs> and let's begin. Alexander Corvinus, the first immortal. <laughs> so many thousands of years ago, this guy Alexander Corvinus lived. He was the first immortal. I hate to begin with this, but I don't remember why he was immortal. Um, maybe he was just a genetic aberration. I think that's kind of what they say, is that like a man was born who was immortal. And so Alexander Corvinus is the first immortal. He, by the way, is played by an actor who I recognize as Tobald the Android from an episode of Frasier. He's a former Shakespearean actor who's now uh, famous for playing an android on a sci-fi show, and Frasier helps him put up a play or a, a, a monologue show, re remembering all too late that he's actually a terrible actor. Um, and so... He plays Alexander Corvinus very, you know, he's very uh, serious and dour. And all I can hear is him doing uh, his, like, his his bad King Lear monologues. Uh, Rain, hurricanes! Um, all right, let's do it. Let's drink some soda here. So Alexander Corvinus is the first immortal. He had two sons, William and I think Marcus. Yeah, William and Marcus. 
Oh, God. So good. <laughs> Excuse me. William, and this is very parable. William was bitten by a wolf and Marcus a bat. So, I don't know why this, like, it's a... <laughs> It's also very Spider-Man-y. Uh, maybe, you know, this is like the early era of the comic book film. So perhaps they were like, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> oh, no. Um, But so William and Marcus are bitten by a wolf and a bat, respectively. Don't ask me how it happens. They don't say. They were walking in the woods together. They came upon a wolf and a bat looking for trouble. The wolf was like, I'll take the big guy. You take the little guy. Um... So they get each get bitten once by a wolf and a bat, uh, and they and they turn into the first werewolf and the first vampire. Um, the werewolf is impossible to control. Uh, he's more animal than man. And he, like, essentially metamorphoses permanently into this enormous white wolf. And the white wolf is, um, it, it, like, escapes from the, I don't know, the compound of the immortals, whatever. At this point, like, Marcus, I would believe, is spreading the vampire infection, and William is spreading the werewolf infection. So, like, William is out in the woods biting people. They're all turning into werewolves. And early stage werewolves were just pure wolf. Um, it wasn't until Lucian that werewolves could change back into men, of course. Um, we'll get to Lucian soon. So, <laughs> so eventually William, because he can't be controlled, he has to be locked away in this big sarcophagus where he's like still alive, but they put him in a sarcophagus. And this is where Kate Beckinsale's family comes into, into play is for hundreds of years, like William has been terrorizing the community, or maybe this is just 500 years. If it were a 500 year vampire war, I don't know. That's fine. I guess that's a fine length for a vampire war, I guess. But, um, so Celine, who is Kate Beckinsale's character, she is a young girl in this, like, medieval village. It's very unclear the geography, you know, like, at some points in this movie, they're in cities, and then sometimes they go to, like, the Nordic lands. Sometimes it appears to be 2005. Sometimes it appears to be 1896, which I love. Um, but so they imprison William in a sarcophagus. The werewolf scourge, however, persists. And basically, um, werewolves become, like, almost enslaved by vampires. So vampires create, like, an underclass society where the vampires live in these covens, in these, like, compounds, these enormous castles where the vampires, and this is also unclear, uh, they don't, okay, so they don't tell humans that they exist. But they do turn humans and theoretically, but they, they say a lot of times, at least in modern, in modern times, the vampires don't feed on humans because it makes them feel bad about themselves. <laughs> oh, Kate Beckett sells like uh, to Scott Speedman, who's the male romantic interest in the first two movies. She's like, he gets turned into a vampire and she's like, you'll need this blood. Come on, if you don't take it, you'll lose control of yourself and you'll attack a human. That's not going to feel good in the morning. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to feel good in the morning attacking a human. I guess they all have empathy for humans because they were humans once. But at another point, there's like the vampire elders like Marcus 
and Victor and Amelia, they all refer to humans as like creatures. They're like, it, get it out of here. It's nothing. It's it's, it's lucky I don't eat its face off. Um, okay. So William uh, is imprisoned in this device. The device was made by Kate Beckinsale's father, who was a human weapon maker in this town or society that I guess is on the outskirts of the vampire coven. He builds the William imprisonment device, and then he uh, is murdered because, I don't know, I guess because he has to keep the secret of the device. But now I'm realizing where the order of this is all messed up because Lucian occurred like 500 years before this. Because 500 years before this moment, uh, the, you know, the, the, l let me just sort of reframe this. Let me sort of take my, take all this. Maybe, maybe William is, maybe the movies are bad. Hmm. That can't be it. Cause Rise of the Lycans takes place 500 years before Celine's family is killed. And it exists in this world where the vampires, I, I'll just get back to this. The vampires and the werewolves are in like a overclass, underclass society where the werewolves live like in the basement and they like patrol the perimeter and there's like two different classes of werewolves because at this point Lucian has been born. Lucian was born to a werewolf, but he was born like there's this shot where like a, were, a CGI werewolf gives birth to a little baby boy um, and that's Lucian. And he's like the smartest werewolf, and he's the first werewolf who can change from a wolf into a man uh, after changing into a wolf. He has control over the transformation. And he is like creating other wolves who are like him. But he's like the king's favorite werewolf. The king, of course, is Victor, one of the vampire elders. At a certain point... Um, after Marcus, the great first vampire, uh, comes into being, he turns several other vampires and makes them sort of like the lead vampires, uh, you know, world leaders of the vampire world. So there's four or three elders, Victor, Amelia, Marcus, and maybe a fourth one. Um, so Victor is one of the elders. Victor, uh, likes Lucian for some reason, like views him as like, what was it? Did his, 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 oh man, I don't remember it. But in any case, Victor's daughter starts doing it with Lucian. And uh, Lucian escapes the uh, compound. He leads a werewolf revolution. And upon his escape, Victor realizes that his daughter has been doing it with Lucian and kind of helping him. And he executes his daughter uh, because she's pregnant that's what it is, is he goes, we could have just swept this under the rug, but you have an abomination inside you, which is she's pregnant with a vampire lichen baby. And so he burns her at the stake while Lucian is forced to watch. Lucian, of course, swears revenge, escapes once again, and the war rages for 500 years. Now, the armies and hordes of Lucian are, you know, again, the humans don't know what's going on. The humans are just completely oblivious to all of this. Uh, they're eating sandwiches off in Milan somewhere. And the werewolves are running across the Nordic countryside fighting vampires for 500 years. The fight bleeds into the cities. There are now these things called death dealers, which are like vampire ninjas who are given large amounts of heavy ammunition and sent into city centers to murder werewolves. Um, 
But somewhere along the way, either before or after the story I just told you, there is the imprisonment of William, the first werewolf, in the contraption built by Kate Beckinsale's father, who is then murdered. But Victor does not have the heart to kill Kate Beckinsale because this is why the chronology confuses me. Kate Beckinsale reminds him so much of his daughter who he had to kill that he can't kill her. So he turns her into a vampire and kind of makes her his new daughter. And he tells her that the Lycans killed her family and that he's going to help her get revenge. And so for 500 years, Celine is like the best, most deadly death dealer working for Victor, trying to get revenge on the Lycans who killed her family. Now, we have now reached the uh, beginning of the movies. Hang on one second. All right. You guys know who Michael Sheen is? He's the guy with the crazy eyes. He's Lucian in these movies. He's also some vampire lord in Twilight. The, The amazing thing about these movies, it is amazing, is if you watch vampire media, you will recognize like 10 of these actors over the course of these movies from other vampire media. There's... One of the leads in Underworld Blood Wars from 2016, the last one, is uh, a vampire from True Blood. It's just amazing. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I I love it. I I, I love it very much. Um, (laughs) So, at the time of... (coughs) Excuse me. At the time of... (coughs) Oh, Jesus. (coughs) Nightmarish. I apologize. Are we good? At the time of Underworld 1, the vampire werewolf war has raged on for hundreds of years. Now, Lucian is planning something big. He's discovered that somewhere in the world, there is a direct descendant of Alexander Corvinus, the first immortal. It was thought that his bloodline ended with William and Marcus. But it turns out that somewhere there's some guy... Named Michael Corvin, of course, because, you know, when your bloodline goes through like a thousand, you know, five thousand years, your last name drops the U and the S. Corvinus to Corvin. Um, And he's just some random guy. He works in a hospital. I think he's a surgeon or like a surgeon's assistant, whatever that's called, Um, because he wears scrubs a lot. And some guy once says to him, hey, you were great in surgery today. Um, but he seems kind of like a fuck up. I don't, I don't agree that he's a doctor. Cause then people would be like, Dr. Michael Corvin. <laughs> um, but so Michael Corvin, oh, that's what it is. He's not a hybrid at the beginning of the movie. He's, his blood is the only blood that could survive hybridization. Um, at the beginning of Underworld 1, Lucian, and it's not, made super clear, but he's doing these experiments that I can only assume are to create a vampire-werewolf hybrid. And there's this scientist who keeps pouring blood into a beaker and then stirring up the beaker and it turns black. And the scientist's like, ah, not working. So, (laughs) the scientist is Watto. And, um, so, Michael Corvin, they've kind of tracked him down. They realize that he's what they need. They need his blood. And, in the scuffle, you know, Celine is just tracking the werewolves. She wants to kill them. She realizes that they're tracking a human. And she she uh, rescues him, but in the, in the process, he's bitten. So now Michael Corvin is a werewolf. 
uh, he is running around with Celine, who Celine falls immediately in love with Michael Corvin in a way that is like very old fashioned story, by which I mean to say they do not speak. They do not get along. They don't seem to like each other. All they do is love each other. Like, it's one of those things. Every shot of them is just they look into each other's eyes and it's like, oh. And in movie two, in Underworld Evolution, there is a sex scene. I don't know why I said that like that. But, oh, because I was going to say there's a full on sex scene, but it's not. There's no like, there's no uh, boob or dick. But both characters are completely naked in these sort of, like, absurd poses of sex. Like, you see all of Kate Beckinsale and Scott Speedman's naked bodies with the exception of their genitals. Um, And it's like, I don't know. You guys know that sex makes me uncomfortable. And I don't think that people should touch uh, except for (laughs) except to kill each other. Um, But, uh you know, I don't know if it's a sexy scene or not. It's certainly a big honking deal. Um, but uh, <laughs> so she falls so in love with this guy that she's like got to betray thousands of years of precedent and like 500 years of vampire de- death dealer or whatever. And she's like on the run with this guy. Now, eventually what she discovers over the course of the first movie is that Victor killed her family, her own vampire father who told her that the Lycans killed her family. Victor killed her family. And so what she does is she slices his fucking head off. Oh, no. She slices it in two. Um, And half of his head. Victor is Bill Nye. Victor is great in these. Uh, Half of his head slides off the other half of his head. Like like if you cut an orange. That's not really how heads work, but I'm okay with it. Um, And at the end of the first movie, uh, Michael Corvin is going to die. So Celine bites him to save his life. And it turns out that because his blood is the only blood able to support this transformation, he now becomes the very first vampire-werewolf hybrid, which is a very big deal. Um, In the second movie, Celine and Michael are just on the run. The vampire elders are after them. Because, well, Celine killed one of the vampire elders. So Marcus, the very first vampire ever, is flying around. I should explain something at this point. The vampire elders sleep for hundreds of years, and they pass off the responsibility of taking care of the vampire world to each other. This is the system that they've designed over the last thousand years. Two of them are asleep, one of them is awake. Two of them are asleep, one of them is awake. And the way that you wake up a vampire elder is you put a bunch of blood into their tomb and then they're this like bat mummy and they come awake and they're this like weak bat mummy and for maybe a day or two, they just have to sit in a chair and there's all these needles in their back and just blood, just like 17 blood blood uh, uh, tubes just coming down into their body, soaking their mummy bat body with blood. And then eventually they sort of return to their human form. But in the case of Marcus, he actually can transform from a human to this disgusting bat creature that flies along the Eastern European streets, bashing cars and trying to murder Celine and, uh, and, and Michael. What is in the second? So she kills basically in the second movie, she kills all the vampire elders. She kills everyone. Lucian gets killed, Lucian's dead, Craven's dead. She just like 
completely like it would be like if one lady just killed the presidents of every North American state in like two months. Um, and yeah, I don't I'm trying to figure out if there's anything more in the second movie that's like really worthwhile with respect to um, I mean, she realizes that her father did the, the, the William thing and. They eventually Michael Corvin murders William. The first the first werewolf William is released. Marcus releases William to sort of have a new uh, a new rule over the world. The two of them are going to rule the world. But um, then Celine and Michael kill them both. That's the end of the movie. And then they kiss again. They're very much in love. And then, of course, <clears throat> movie number three in the Underworld series is Rise of the Lycans. I described most of Rise of the Lycans. Rise of the Lycans is a prequel, and this is amazing. This is an amazing thing. Uh, Underworld is a movie franchise that I it, it operates in the shadows. <laughs> Ironically, or perhaps ironically, it operates in the shadows. It, it it you don't really think of it as like a big franchise, but they made one Underworld movie every three years from 2003 to 2016. They just made an Underworld movie. The franchise was big enough that it supported an Underworld movie with no Kate Beckinsale. Rise of the Lycans doesn't have Kate Beckinsale in it. It just has Bill Nye and Michael Sheen having a werewolf vampire fight. Oh God. A vampire movie starring Bill Nye. That's so great. Um, but I can't believe that the franchise can support that. I, I Am I going to look it up? Nah. <laughs> nah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it did worse and then they had to bring back Beckinsale. So by the fourth movie, it's been 10 years since the first movie. And like... <clears throat> I don't know. I definitely don't mean this in any sort of like mean way. Like you can tell that Kate Beckinsale is 10 years older. Like you can tell that like this is she's she's uh, not quite uh, Celine from the beginning. Yeah, whatever. Dumb thing to say. Sorry. Um, she is now this is uh, and this is my this is one of my favorite parts of this lore. After like the entire I mean, after the entire history of the Vampire Werewolf War, these two, like, bloody super beings just ripping each other apart all across the countryside, humans just completely oblivious to it. Suddenly, humans discover that vampires and werewolves are real, and they, like, exterminate them with prejudice? Um... I actually, this is something that is done in exposition over the first, like, ten minutes of the fourth movie. So, I don't know how they did it, but they, like, like literally like the worst fears of anti-vaxxers. They went door-to-door, like, checking people for vampire and werewolf infections and murdering them. Like, literally killing them, incinerating them, and, um, you know, creating all of these, like infection checkpoints and uh requirements that you prove that you are not infected over and over and in in order to live your life being and so vampires and werewolves have been pushed to the fringes of society in a way that is completely not noticeable it seems exactly the same as before but now some of the villains are also humans which is pretty funny um it's definitely fun to watch celine kill like a million humans um in this movie, uh, the werewolves have infiltrated human, like, the human villain of the movie turns out to be a werewolf at the end. And they are trying to capture, ay, 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 
So Kate Beckinsale and Michael Corvin had a daughter, but then they were both captured by some antigen, like human human chemical company or some sort of company. You know, in all of these sci-fi movies, a company springs up that's like, we're going to make money off of these super people or whatever. So she escapes from the company and she's like running all around trying to figure out what the deal is uh, and who subject two is because she's been hearing all this chatter about subject two. She's subject one. Subject two turns out to be her daughter. Now the only living hybrid. Um, Her daughter is, oh, it's so cool. She's like a 14 year old vampire girl. She like turns blue and rips werewolves heads off. Kind of like the little girl in Logan. She's got that like, ah, oh God, that's great. I'm a big fan of a, of a tiny child character who rips people apart. Um, but over the course of this movie, so she's, she spends a lot of the movie looking for Michael, which is very, it's very funny when an actor doesn't return for a movie and then you watch the movie and it's literally all of the characters being like, where's Scott Speedman? I need him. What, have you seen Scott Speedman? And it's like, we know he's not he's not on the poster. He's not in the credits. We know you're not going to find Scott Speedman. And lo, she does not. She does find a guy in a refrigerator who looks kind of like Scott Speedman. There's amazing stand-in work in these later movies for Scott Speedman. But she does, she's like, oh, there he is. And then she has to do something else. And when she comes back, he's gone. When she comes back, Michael Corvin is gone. It turns out, of course, he was killed by Marius, the second werewolf lord who appears in Underworld Blood Wars. But Underworld Blood Wars doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't have a ton of, look, I'll tell you one thing. It ends with Celine becoming an elder because she, look, she goes to see the Nordic vampires. The Nordic vampires teach her the secret of death. She's murdered by Marius. She comes back to life. Now she has a fur coat and she's very fast. How, how clear can I make it? All right. Um, Marius is like, it doesn't, it it is completely unclear where Marius comes from. He's just another super strong werewolf. Um, I guess it's that like werewolves have been making themselves stronger in Underworld, uh, whatever it is, Awakening, the fourth movie, the werewolves are giving themselves silver vaccines so that you can shoot them with silver and it doesn't do anything. And um, much like what I described earlier with, like now when you shoot the werewolves with silver, they just go, Bah, the bullets come tink, tink, tink. Oh, God, it's so funny. Um, So these movies, I don't know. You know, the first one. OK, first of all, the first one is two hours and 13 minutes long, which is a full half an hour too long. The second one is an hour 30. The third one is like an hour 28. The fourth one is like an hour 26. And the third one is like an hour 30. These are all perfectly fine lengths for underworld movies. Um, At the last, I mean, it's obviously, it's all open for sequels still. And Kate Beckinsale said in 2021, she'd be open to doing a sequel, which would be super cool. I'd love to see Kate Beckinsale kind of like as an elder in these movies. Because I don't think you would have her as the lead still. I mean, you absolutely could. Um, but, uh, wow. All those movies, and she doesn't defeat the werewolves. Did I Did I make that clear? All she does is defeat imminent threats. And this is like a very Buffy thing is it's like it's an episodic style of movie making is like, of course, you can't defeat the werewolves because next movie you're going to have to undefeat the werewolves. So every um, 
every every movie has a new villain or series of villains, series of elder vampires who need to be thwarted, a series of traitorous vampires, werewolves who have overgrown. Um, but it's never like we're safe now. It's like, all right, we're geared up for the next stage. Um, which is incredible. And I, I just, again, I can't believe these movies are just so, are there video games? Of course there must be video games. I'm not going to play Underworld video games. Um, but I just can't, I can't, I can't even describe enough how much I love these Underworld movies. Um, let me think here. How do I want to end this podcast? Because we're actually, this is going to be a short episode, um, which is not the worst thing in the world, but... Maybe it is. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Underworld. Let me think. What, what would the next Underworld movie be? Okay, hang on. So Celine is an elder. And she's... Hang on, let me move my computer. I hope it doesn't make noise. It's not going to make noise. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, my great legs were all folded up and I needed to spread them out like the enormous bird I am. So Celine is an elder, and she, but she, you know what? Okay, so she's still in love with Michael Corvin, obviously, because this movie has this like inexplicable true love between characters who've never laughed at one another's jokes sort of thing. So the maybe like the younger vampires who she rules are like, you need to stop sending vampires out to look for Michael Corvin. Sometimes they die. Sometimes they get killed by werewolves. It's an unnecessary use of our forces. It's spreading us thin and it makes us worried that you're not able to lead. There we go. So there's like a vampire mutiny. Maybe it's her daughter. Yeah, that's, oh, yep, that's it. Her daughter is the villain of this one. Her daughter is a hybrid, a hybrid villain. And who's, does she have to kill her own daughter? I mean, I'm down with that, but is the film going community? Ah. In Blood Wars, there's a character, the actress looks exactly like the daughter, and so you just keep thinking she's the daughter. I think it would have been fine if she was. Whatever. Um, there's so, oh god, there's so much. The daughter doesn't appear in the fifth movie, and in the same way as the fourth movie, everyone spends the fifth movie being like, where's that actress who's not back? Where's that? It's like in Gilmore Girls, excuse me, <coughs> oh no. What has happened to me? <coughs> in um, in Gilmore Girls, the uh, the one that they do, what's it called? Gilmore Girls after the fact. Gilmore Girls too late for the cake. Uh, Gilm uh, ca Calendar Man. Gilmore. It's called A Year in the Life. Um, they spend like. Uh, what, what's her name? Megan McCain isn't back, uh, and they spend the whole time. What's uh, you guys know who, who I'm talking about, right? Megan McCain. Uh, they spend the entire time being like, "Where's Megan McCain? Where where is she? I feel so bad that she's not here." Like that, like the character uh, played by Lauren Graham, Lorelai. Whoa, is like mad at the fictional character played by Megan McCain, and. It's just, 
I just don't understand how writers could be that not self-aware to spend an entire movie whining that an actor you wanted to be there isn't there. So maybe Eve returns and challenges the throne. And as this is happening, a new, well, there's got to be a new werewolf villain. And you know who I'm thinking for that werewolf villain? Me. That's right. I'm 31. Oi, 31. I think I could do this, right? I'm 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 old enough now to play like a mature villain. Um, I'm thinking about like it could be like a nerdy werewolf. <laughs> like I turn into a werewolf, and the werewolf has bigger glasses on. Ugh. that's amazing. The werewolf with glasses. That's yeah, great. And so I'm like a nerd werewolf, but you know what? That's what it is. Is I'm like a, you know, when the Hulk is smart. I, I'm like, rah, rah, rah. but then I'm a werewolf and I'm like, carry the two. <laughs> so I, I, I create maybe like a, an intense UV device that I'm going to fire directly at the coven. And eventually I guess Eve has to turn good at the end. Cause that would make it nice. That would make you, you guys would all be happier if Eve didn't just have her head ripped off by uh, by Celine, although I'd be fine with the head ripping off. Um, so how am I going to be defeated? I mean, I'm certainly, am I strong as a werewolf? I'd like to be. That might be nice. <laughs> a nice change of pace. Um, so I guess I, <laughs> you know what Celine does to me is she puts me in a room with a lot of books, but she takes away my glasses. And I'm like, no, no. All right. Okay. That's that. Um, thank you for listening to Alejandro Explains Underworld. I am done. <laughs> I was going to say I'm Alejandro, but what the fuck? We, we know. We know. All right. Hey, guys. Uh, have a nice one. Take care of yourselves. Be kind and whatever. And continue listening to my podcast. Because as you can tell, it's going quite well. <laughs>